0: Your work week is over.
1: We ever, you know that new sound you're looking for? Well, listen to this.
0: Kick back and get the latest on the Colts and the NFL. This is the last word, the off-season home of the Colts with Jeffrey Gorman and Matt Taylor. Yes, indeed. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to The Last Word. My name is Jeffrey Gore Man. I am joined alongside the voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor. We will get you some Pacers and Bulls action coming up in a little bit. Looks like Horace Grant, Bill Wennington, and BJ Armstrong. <laughs> the gang are is back invade, together. <laughs> invading downtown Indianapolis to take on these pacers. But Matt Taylor, I'm glad you're here. We're gonna we're gonna talk some Colts football and what's going on here. We gotta start right out of the gate. Okay, what is going on on the defensive side of the football as far as direction goes? And this coaching staff, it is an overhaul going on, Matt. With Matt Eberflus taking the head job at Chicago, he's taking Dave Borgonzi, he's a linebacker coach, James Rowe, he's also got Alan Williams, a DB coach here. He's now the DC there. We just saw David Overstreet is joining the crew. Hey, the cupboards are bare on the defensive side of the coaching staff right now for the Colts, Matt. What say you? It's bare as of right now, but it's obviously not going to stay that way because, as
2: you said, it. a complete you know overhaul of the defensive coaching staff is okay. coming with a new defensive coordinator, and the Colts are not going to promote from within. So it's going to be a new defensive coordinator, and the Colts are going to give that guy flexibility and autonomy to hire his own staff, guys under him that can coach his system and can get the best out of the Colts' defense. So – you know, the list of guys that they've interviewed shows me there's a wide range of uh, defensive influences that the candidate pool has, and the Colts are not necessarily tied to, you know, the Tampa 2-inspired coaching tree that produced Matt Eberflus. So I think the Colts are open to playing a different way on defense because they're trying to complement the strengths of the defense, which are stopping the run taking the ball away, producing turnovers, but at the same time getting better against the pass, which has been you know, the weakness of the defense since 2018. So if you look at the list, all of these guys are either defensive coordinators or secondary coaches. But there's a lot of NFL experience on that roster of candidates.
0: Brian Baker was the first one. He's not retained as defensive line coach. Matt Raich is still there. But like I said, with Matt Eberflus taking over Chicago, the cupboard is bare as far as defensive coaches go. But they're going to fill out that need first. Matt, you're going to hire a D.C., a defensive coordinator who's going to fill in the pieces after that. So I want to shoot a few names at you and tell me what you think. Some of them? Very, very familiar names that you've seen around the NFL for a while, and the others not so much. So let's start off with Jim Schwartz, the former Lion coach who's down in Tennessee right now as a senior assistant uh, defensive, whatever they call him down there. He's got a big title. But Jim Schwartz is being thrown around. And don't forget former Jaguars defensive coordinator Joe Cullen. Those are a couple of names that have been around a while.
2: Yeah, Schwartz is probably the most experienced of the group the Colts have talked to. He's been either a head coach or a defensive coordinator 14 years in the NFL. Cullen was just the defensive coordinator with the Jaguars. They're obviously going to have a new staff now that Doug Peterson is the head coach. Cullen has also interviewed with the Ravens as well this offseason. So all of the guys that the Colts have talked to, they see the game a little bit different. There's some subtle variations in their scheme, the way they teach defense. But no matter who gets the job, it'll be about playing to the strengths of the defense, which are, again, stopping the run, producing takeaways but getting better against the pass in all facets. Only 33 sacks last year by the Colts, developing the Colts' young pass rush group, and then preventing quarterbacks from getting into a rhythm. The Colts have allowed 68% completion percentage since 2018. That's last in the NFL. So marrying the strengths with getting better against the pass, and I think this defense has a chance to go from solid, pretty good, to elite because the players here are are ready to go the key pieces are in place with the Forrest buckner kenny moore darius leonard the back in at safety with kari willis and julian blackman the key pieces are here now it's time to take that next
0: step need some swagger need some attitude from the defensive coaching staff and it starts with the defensive coordinator let's not forget about jim schwartz who we talk a lot about today i don't know if he's going to be the next dc or not i know he's on the list But I like his fire because if we go back five, six, seven, eight years ago, him and Jim Harbaugh almost got in a row after a football game (laughs) when the Niners beat Schwartz's Lions and he didn't like the handshake that Harbaugh gave him, so he went after Harbaugh right on the field. (laughs) That's the kind of fire I like, Matt. The team personifies the head man, so there's no question that that he's... Hey, get back here, Matt. I didn't like the way you shook my... Get back here! No, We're going to find out more, though. we got a defensive coordinator coming up and as uh, Matt just said, they're going to fill in that group as far as assistant coaches going. So that search is on. The Super Bowl awaits in about a week right now. This is the last word. 935 the fan. Now look, when we come back, we're going to talk about that Super Bowl and the Senior Bowl that's happening this weekend. We got NFL insider Aaron Wilson from the Pro Football Network. He also uh, used to work for the Houston Chronicle, so he knows what's going on down there at the AFC South rival Texans camp. We're going to get uh, the opinion on the Colts quarterback situation. Aaron Wilson, the guy's a good one. He's coming up next, right? Right here on the last word and get enough football. You're in the right place. This is the off-season radio home of the Indianapolis Colts. The last word with Jeffrey Gorman and Matt Taylor from the power home solar radio studio. Welcome back to The Last Word. we got the weekend edition here. Guys, whatever you're doing out there, be safe. Have a great weekend. Shovel some snow. Be careful if you have to. Pay the neighborhood kids. It doesn't matter. Everybody <laughs> needs to make a buck, Matt Taylor. That used to be you out there uh, no shucking doubt. driveways and, and, and <laughs> walkways up there to make a couple of nickels. Yeah, but I did it
2: out of the kindness of my heart. I didn't, I didn't charge my neighbor. I just went out there and I shoveled his driveway so he, he could get to work while I could stay home and watch cartoons as a freshman in high school.
0: I tell you what, I helped out all the neighbors as a kid, but you had to buck up, though. They knew that, too. <laughs> At least a couple of bucks. If Gorman's going to come through here, he's going to get some that arcade whine. money. <laughs> That's right. He's going <laughs> to whine and moan if you don't give him a couple bucks. Hey, how about this? Ursay's at it again. We love the guy who we work for. Now, we may have not made it to the Super Bowl, but the heart of Jim uh, Ursay continues to be big, big, big for everybody. Oh, yeah. He tweeted out this week, Matt, you saw that. He's sending two pair of Bengals fans to the Super Bowl. He, he said this, I'm not only going to give him tickets, I'm going to cover the airfare, I'm going to cover the hotel room. And he selected a winner from more than nine thousand replies choosing an Air Force veteran and certified pharmacy tech Lauren Jolly and Shelby Longworth who told her story that her dad hasn't missed a Bengals game since 1987 including the day of her birth her <laughs> I mean that's a fan right there hey I got a kid coming but I, but honey I'll talk to you after the ball game yeah. we got season tickets I still
2: got four quarters to get through here I mean <laughs> it's such a cool story and he scrounged up a couple more tickets I saw and gave those yep. away to more Bengals fans. So and the I don't more know what coming, the, yeah, yeah I don't know what the final total was, but I mean what a, what a cool thing to do. And did you see some of the retweets and the submissions from Bengals fans? I awesome. know I know that the two that you just mentioned are, are an incredibly uh, worthy pair, but there's was, so many. That, was, that yeah. was a that was a tall order, a tough task to choose only a couple of deserving parties because I mean just as a fan base, right? I mean they've been through so much. And then the people that are diehard Bengals fans, just like diehard Colts fans, there's a lot of deserving people that would obviously would make their year probably make their lifetime to go to a Super Bowl uh, in which their team is playing in and has a great shot of winning.
0: I know it's out of respect for the Brown family uh, in Cincinnati. Mike Brown, the owner, his daughter Katie, who runs it right now. Jim's a big fan of both of those. He's been talking to them yeah. a lot on the phone, talking about what to expect out of the Super Bowl week. Jim's going back over a decade to his first time to the Super Bowl. So that's where that stems from. The love of the Brown family and congratulations because nobody saw this coming, Matt Taylor. Nobody before the start of this season that the Bengals are going to be representing in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Am
2: I correct i didn't see them in the super bowl but i definitely saw them being much better better than they were last year and that obviously all stems from just the growth and the next step that joe burrow has taken man that that guy is cool follow me fellas i'll make a play and don't worry about it i'll take care of it That that's the demeanor that he has and that's that's what the Colts are looking for, a quarterback.
0: Such as quarterback life. One of the great, one of the older ones goes out in Tom Brady. One of the great, one of the newer ones comes in in Joe no Burrow. Doubt. Hey, we got a fun discussion on the on the podcast this week, Matt Taylor. We talk, caught up with Stephen Holder from The Athletic. You can hear it on Colts.com, the Colts mobile app, and Colts Audio Network. Anywhere you download your, your podcast, rather, check it out. The Colts o- official weekly podcast. Okay, let's say hi to Aaron Wilson, NFL insider for the Pro Football Network, formerly with the Texans. Okay, Aaron, Appreciate you coming in today. Where are we with the Brian Flores situation and the allegations against inequality in the NFL, the hiring practices? Uh, Dolphins owner Stephen Ross is in hot water, allegedly saying he's going to pay him money to lose games. What do you think the NFL is doing as far as looking into this?
1: I expect them to have enough of an investigation to go through those motions, check those boxes. Do I think that there's definitive proof? I I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm curious to find out. Like, with anything, like... You no, know, I, I want to, you know, see something that you could say. Well, that that could be verified, and but I I don't think that you know that's just come up out of nowhere. You know, it, it, I don't think he's making something up. So obviously he's been left with that impression, and he's got a reason to put pen to paper and hire a law firm and do all those things. And you know, they were involved in the Jeffrey Epstein stuff. So I mean, they're a uh, law firm that's uh, got track record of being involved in high-level cases. So, you know, obviously, with any legal matter, take it seriously. And I'm sure they do their due diligence. And I just couldn't really predict an outcome of the Flores case. Uh, And there's so many layers because it's – we're talking about the Rooney Rule. We're talking about sham interviews. You know, we're talking about everything that goes along with all these very serious allegations. We're at a really critical moment, I think, in the NFL, you know, when we're talking about – Minority hires, and there are not going to be a lot of minority hires and progress and diversity on the general manager side, but you know, there's not that in this hiring cycle, at least with coaching so far. So, you know, we'll see. And Brian Flores is, you know, interviewed with lately with the Texans and the Saints, and actually uh, saw him during his, when he was meeting, having a dinner meeting with Saints officials here at the Senior Bowl, uh, mm-hmm. some Mickey Loomis and a Sloushka. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, you know, I, I think it'd be difficult to him to be hired while he's in litigation like class action against the league certainly with the teams that he's made those allegations against specifically um haven't heard of any issue with new orleans or houston though and he has good relationship especially with the texans but, you know we'll see i i think um it'll be interesting to see how the lawsuit affects everything
2: aaron i know you're down in the senior bowl right now down in mobile covering what's happening this week with uh you know the beginning of the draft process if you will and The Colts are a team that always pays really heavy attention to the Senior Bowl every year, um, but they don't have that first-round draft pick this year. They've got a lot of premium positions of need. It's going to be tough to fill one of those spots without that first-round pick. What do you make of the Colts this offseason and the situation that they're in with uncertainty at quarterback and, again, long-term needs at other positions like wide receiver and left tackle?
1: Right, yeah, they really could use an upgraded left tackle position. There's some good tackles here at the Senior Bowl, including the Northern Iowa tackle, and they've got to seriously think about upgrading, it, first of all, a quarterback and getting a you know younger playmaker at wide receiver. You know, T.Y. Hilton's been so great, but you know, Paris Campbell hasn't come far quite like you'd hope. He's, you know, splashed here and there, but I would think that they need some help at those positions. Figuring out quarterback, getting more out of Carson, him playing better—is there a way to fix him? That's probably what they've got to look at first. Or they're trying to get involved with one of these other quarterback situations. It doesn't sound like Russell Wilson will be available. It sounds like Aaron Rodgers is looking at the Broncos, maybe even the Titans. Yeah, you know? is is Ryan Tannehill going to be on the move? All these things are. You know, there's A lot of quarterback dominoes have to fall. But yeah, if I'm thinking about the Colts, I really feel like you got to zero in. You know, they draft well. Uh, but they've got to make some tough choices there, at wide receiver, left tackle. Honestly, you know they fired Brian Baker, their defensive line coach. Some of these guys that they've invested in, they need to do even more. Mm-hmm. You know, Marshawn Buckner as great as he is, I think they got to. Some of the guys around him have to do more. You got to hope that Quinny Bay takes that second year leap. Uh, he's talented. They tried to be a run offense. It worked. Jonathan Taylor was great. And then they just faded there. You know, Matt Eberflus, who's now the Bears coach, his defense, they needed to play better at the end of the season. I mean, the biggest disappointment, of course, is Carson. And until Carson plays a more consistent level, there were times this year I thought, okay, he's going to be fine. He's going to bounce back. I, I just wonder, is it mental? You know, what is his situation? And what does he need to do to take stock and be a better quarterback? Because right now he's not getting it done.
2: Having, having spent the week at the Senior Bowl, give us maybe three or four big storylines for you in terms of talking about this draft. I know we're kind of in the infancy stages on on ramping up to, to draft coverage every week leading into late April. But um, from your standpoint at the Senior Bowl, uh, maybe some a couple of few storylines about the guys and the players that you saw in that All-Star game that might be intriguing in this draft class.
1: Right, yeah. I thought Trey McBride from Colorado State, uh, I know Jalen Wittermeyer's not here. They're kind of vying to be tight end one. He checked a lot of boxes for NFL scouts and got a chance to interview him. I thought he was very impressive. I wrote an article about him. You know, you think about what he's doing. This guy is, as he said, he says he's the best tight end in the draft. He won the John Mackey Award. He's interesting. Over at quarterback, and everybody likes to watch quarterbacks, Malik Willis, I would say, is the most talented guy here. Uh, Pickett from Pitt is, you know, steady. Uh, Carson Strong, I thought, was, you know, very immobile. Uh, I would be concerned about, you know, how much he would get sacked. He's just not a very good athlete, but you know, throws some good balls. And some of the defensive linemen, Eric Johnson from Missouri State, was, was good. Late addition. He earned that by uh, doing well of the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl. And so some of these guys, that come in here. They come in here ready to go, and they're from smaller schools they're hungry and they show what they can do Damone Clark LSU linebacker really a I would just say three down four down guy he can be on special teams 6'4 240 4'5 speed very instinctive and looks like the next LSU linebacker and uh, we have a profile up on him as well so yeah um, so, you yeah, know it's been an interesting week and what is most of what you're hearing though? Coaching stuff. And, you know, the rumor, Bill hearing about, you know, who's getting jobs, that that's kind of the side, you know, note to all this stuff is there's the game and the players, the evaluation, that's the reason everybody's here, but it's kind of a little bit of a mini NFL convention too.
0: For sure. Hey, Aaron Wilson is joining us from Pro Football Network. You can follow him on Twitter at Aaron Wilson underscore NFL. The coaching staff on the defensive side of the football, Aaron. Uh, and like you said, it's kind of a, uh, um, you know, it's a little bit of a, a gathering down there for NFL types and stuff. We need some coaches on the defensive side with Iberflus going to Chicago, taking Borgonzi, Rowe, Overstreet, the list goes on and on. Uh, like you said, Brian Baker let go, a whole new defensive coaching uh Tree, if you will, on the defensive side of the football for the Colts. What do you think about that? Right in the middle of Frank Reich and Chris Ballard's tenure as GM and head coach of the Colts.
1: Right, yeah. I mean, I would say what they've been doing, it's been good, but not quite good enough. I think they've got to get even better on defense, and they need some new ideas. And one coach that they have interest in, and it remains unclear if he's going to, you get the offer, but one of the candidates is Chris Harris, who was a safety for the Chicago Bears. So he has a background with Chris Ballard. So he's someone that's under consideration. And they've talked to a lot of good defensive coaches. I, I think they've got some good football players. I mean, I, I, I'm you know I really love watching Kenny Moore. I think he doesn't get enough respect around the league. He's someone that always flies under the radar. He always makes big plays. He's excellent. Darius Leonard, of course, Davaris Buckner, Bobby Okereke, a really rangy linebacker, but. As much as they have a nice group of personnel, they've got to figure out how to get the most out of it. And I thought with the Eberflus, they're kind of tapping the brakes there at the end. They're get back to playing better football, more aggressive football. And playing against the Tyrod Taylors and the Davisville is a lot different from playing against the elite guys.
2: Last thing with Aaron Wilson, NFL insider for the Pro Football Network. This is kind of big picture, Aaron. Just you've been covering the NFL for a long time. You're so dialed into everything. But I just want to know how refreshing is it that the Cincinnati Bengals are playing for a Super Bowl for the first time since nineteen eighty eight to get some fresh blood, if you will, in the big game. How refreshing is that gonna be from your end to see a different team, a different logo, and a different brand of football in the Super Bowl
1: next Sunday? I think I'm like everyone. I think it's cool. I think that what they've done there, you know, they've always been on these franchises that, you know, for years. I mean, at one point they were a laughing stock. Right. They've quietly been drafting better and making better free agent decisions. There's a, it's not just the owner, Mike Brown, you know, allowing that to happen, but one guy, though, that was a key free agent signing was DJ Reader. Yeah. They brought Jay in. uh, That gave them a real stout presence there. He's disruptive in the middle. You You look at picking Burrow, picking Chase. Putting some things together, having Joe Mixon, I worry about the offensive line. Everyone does, um, and rightfully so. And I'm sure that would be a big offseason project. But one thing I wouldn't bet against is Joe Burrow. And this guy's clutch. He, he's not scared of anything. That's the thing you want a fearless quarterback, and that's what he is. And he throws a great ball. Uh, and he's smart. And that guy's a winner. And he epitomizes everything you want to see in the quarterback position. And it's exciting to see, especially in the AFC. It's kind of an arm race. If you don't have a quarterback like Burrow, then you're not going to be in the Super Bowl. You're not going to be the – but, yeah, I think Bengals, cool story. Uh, and they'll get a lot of love, obviously, at the Super Bowl. They should. Uh, this is you know, a neat thing that's happening with Cincinnati.
0: That's Aaron Wilson. Follow him on Twitter at Aaron Wilson underscore NFL from the Pro Football Network. Love what you do. Appreciate the time. Can't wait for the big game in a little bit over a week right now. But Matt Taylor and I got to jump. We got a commercial break coming up, and Maytay's got to shovel some snow.
1: (laughs) All right. You guys have fun. Good talking
0: to you. Thanks, Aaron. Appreciate the time. Hey, don't go anywhere. We are going to close out the weekend, get you ready. Maybe Maytay can come over and shovel your sidewalks. This is The Last Word right here on 93.5 and 1075. Five, the Fan. This is your weekly fix on Colts football. The Last Word with Jeffrey Gorman and Matt Taylor from the Power Home Solar Radio Studio. Welcome back. The Last Word, 93.5, 5, 107.5, The Fan. I'm Jeffrey Gorman, joined by Matt Taylor. Voice of the Colts, don't worry. The Pacers and the Bulls are coming up in a minute. But first, we're going to clock you out. Now time for the Forum Credit Union Question of the Week. Listen to this, Mayte. I try to get these every week. I didn't. I didn't get this one, and I'm beating (laughs) myself against the head because it's that easy. So think about this one. Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford, Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow, they have taken very different paths to the Super Bowl next Sunday, but they both started their careers in the same way as the first overall pick in the NFL draft. Here we go. Okay. Here we go. It's the second time that both Super Bowl starting quarterbacks were first overall pick. When was the first Wow, only two times in the history of the Super Bowl? That's it. Wow. Number one picks going head-to-head in a Super Bowl. We've had one before, and we've got one this year. I need the one before. And Colts fans, you should know this.
2: Oh, well, it's got to be Peyton Manning then. So Yes,
0: there you go. All so right. obviously, he's, but he's not wearing the Colts blue when I'm talking about when he did this. You know what I'm saying? He's not
2: wearing Colts blue.
0: No, he was not wearing Colts blue. Uh, all right, so they played
2: They played the Seahawks in the first Super Bowl, and Russell Wilson, no. So, no, sir. Who they play in the second time Manning played in the Super. Bowl
0: Cameron ginger. Newton uh, with the, okay. All right. With the I Panthers. know. I read that. It was stupid. I yeah. mean, just think about go back a few years to the quarterback. Plus it's Peyton. I mean, it's right in our backyard. We should have had that. <laughs> well, you didn't give anyway, me much
2: time to think about I did. it.
0: <laughs> I got a roll, bro. I got bulls and pacers coming up here. Visit the Forum Credit Union fan forum section of the Colts.com to interact with other fans online. Post a topic, participate, forum credit union, helping members live their best lives and achieve their financial dreams. Let's go to the grab bag. It's time for the NFL grab bag, an assorted look at what's going on in the NFL the NFL Grab Bag. We're brought to you by Meyer Local Sports. They're a victory for the entire community, building leaders, teaching integrity, sparking our economy. That's why Meyer, proud to sponsor local sports throughout Indiana because when we support the home team, we all win. How about this one, Matt Taylor? Super Bowl oddities. The Super Bowl has never, ever, had a home team host a game. Now we've got two in a row. Don't forget Tampa Bay did it last year, and the Rams are doing it this year in L.A. How about that? I thought that would never happen. I really didn't. We got two years back to back.
2: Yeah, you had 54 Super Bowls where it never happened. Then we've had it happen twice in two years. I wonder how much of a home field advantage, because you would probably know this better than me. I've only been to one Super Bowl. That was the Super Bowl here between the Patriots and the Giants. How much of a home field advantage do you think there will be for the Rams because that's a very corporate crowd, is it not, for a Super Bowl even though it's in Los
0: Angeles? There are more people at that game that that will be their first NFL game of the year. <laughs> of the year. I'm talking corporate America takes over and Judy and, and Bill from accounting are going to an NFL game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, that, and they're, it happens to be the Super Bowl. Hey, let's have fun. You know, it's an investment. They say, hey, it's a marketing part of our marketing campaign. We're going right. to take care of everybody. That's my point. You're not going to have a one place that's going to just be a raucous crowd like it is, uh, you know, like they used to have it in the black hole in Oakland or something like that. You know what I mean? It's not going to be like that. It'll be a mixed crowd with, you know, some diehard fans there. Don't get me wrong. But then again, you're going to have some passing of the day fans, too, that are just like, oh, this should be fun. Let's go watch (laughs) some rappers at halftime.
2: You know what I mean? It's going to be very difficult for... For the average fan in Cincinnati that says, hey, let's go look at Super Bowl prices. And then the last right. row, the last the last seat in the last row of the house is going for, you know, $8,000, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. That's, like, that's a
0: pretty tall order. Bro. Take a seat on the couch, enjoy, it. You get your <laughs> beverage whenever you need it. All right, here we go. The Washington Commanders. That's official. The Washington football team has changed it. Okay, they are now the Commanders. It's going to take a minute, Matt Taylor. You call games for a living. Does it roll off your tongue? It does. It does. I like it. I know I'm I'm probably
2: in the minority here, but I'm I'm a fan of it. I I'm a big fan of team names that are indigenous of their city or state. So, I like the fact that they're incorporating something. You know, military themed, being from the nation's capital. But you know what will cure all this? You know what will get people on board? Winning. Just win. Oh, yeah, that's people, all it does. Will, yeah. people will love the name if you start to win because Washington has not won a playoff game since 2005. So if you win, they will love the name. Funny how that works.
0: Hey, funny it is. Washington football team formally, they now have a new name, the Commanders. And best of luck to everybody over there right now because a little bit of that front office is in some hot water currently. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. But we got a special goodbye for you. It's a short show. It's the last word on 93.5 and 107.5. The fan coming up next, we got the Bulls in town. They're taking on a Pacers. So I figured we'd throw it to Marv Albert to give us just a really quick run through to get us <laughs> prepped for this game. But I want to do it back when B.J. Armstrong, Bill Weddington, and Horace Grant were playing for the Bulls. And tonight, from the
2: United Center in downtown <laughs> Chicago, it is P.J. Armstrong, Bill Winnington, Tony Kukoc. And (laughs) Scotty Pippen and the Bulls taking on Dale Davis, Antonio Davis, Haywood Workman, and Richie Miller at the Indiana Pacers. Tonight, it's the NBA on NBC.
0: I love it. That is Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts. Also sounds a hell of a lot like Marv Albert. Folks, have a great weekend. Go out there and help your neighbor if they're having trouble getting out of their driveway. Do what it takes. We can all get along. Up next right here, the Bulls at the Pacers. We'll talk to you next week.